What's up, y'all? This is indeed the E-Man. Chill like a villain, sing like Bob Dylan, keep it only with some dub stuff. Oreos. This uh, episode of Across the Spider-Verse Roundtable featuring myself, Brooks, and Shang uh, has 100% full spoilers. So if you've not watched the movie, please go back and watch the movie and then come back and listen or watch the show. So I want to say real quick, thank you so much for the love and prayers and thoughts. Um, I've been dealing with some health issues and forgive me last month for not putting out a new episode But I've been dealing with some health issues I'm still gonna try to put out something once a month and that's the goal But I'm trying to keep things at a low stress frequency So I want to say real quick thank you so much to the good Lord, good Lord above Thank you Jesus, thank you Lord for getting me through that Also thank you to my family and friends Thank you for my listeners, to my listeners and viewers and Thank you to my job for your patience Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so, so, so much Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you I can't say that out um, And uh, I hope you enjoy the show What's up, y'all? This is Indy the E-Man. Chill like a villain, sing like Bob Dylan. Keep it all over some double stuff. Oreos. And right now, I mean, I'm here with a few friends of mine, and we're here to talk about the number one movie in America as of today, which is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Um, I believe the last time I checked, it was like um, 100 uh, worldwide uh, at the box office. $200 million, which is pretty awesome. Um. And uh, let me introduce uh, two of my friends right here. Uh, first off, I want to um, introduce a man who was a part of episodes number 30 and number 26, which were the uh, Ant-Man and the Black, pa- the Black Panther Wakanda Forever episodes. Uh, he's a dad. He's a pizza connoisseur. He's an overall cool guy. I want to give a big what's up to the beer god, Brooks, to the show. What's up, Brooks, and how you doing? What's up, man? Glad to be here. Glad to have you, bro. Good to see you, man. Glad everything is good. Um, next up, I have a man who has been on episodes number 24, 27, and 33, which are the both of uh, one was the Mario Brothers episode and uh, two of the Ninja Turtle episodes, and um, also the Ant Man episode. So that'll be episode 30. Uh, just want to um, give a big uh, welcome to a dad. He's also a, a founder of Tea Time Productions, Mr. Cowabunga Mike to the show. What's up, Cowabunga Mike? Hey, how's it going? Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for showing up. So I just wanted to talk about this movie, man. Um, uh, Across the Spider-Verse. Now, four years ago, Into the Spider-Verse came out. It changed the game. And... um. This movie is no different. Um, I'm to be to be a hundred percent honest with you. I watched this movie three times, and um, yeah, <laughs> I watched I watched it three times. And because the first time I watched it, it felt a little. There's so much going on, you know, um, to where like I was just like, oh, oh I, I can't. There's, it's it's almost impossible to get everything in one viewing. So I had to watch it, you know, uh, a second time and then even a third time. And um, just to get my quick thoughts on the movie, I I, I thought it was, I, I thought it was amazing, you know, no pun intended. <laughs> I thought it was amazing. It's 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 so funny. Like back in the day, like um, to convince my mother, you know, to watch anything animated that goes to the movie to the big screen, it took a it took a bit of a that was a bit of a task because her her whole argument was, well, why watch Transformers the movie? on the big screen and pay money to see that when you can watch Transformers at home. Well, you know, (laughs) 
now it's like yeah thanks to disney and i think those early disney movies which to me like you know it, it, they were they were masterpieces and 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 thanks to the early pixar stuff i think animation is just going to another level now um and this movie is no exception man i was really blown away i'm amazed at what we're able to get now when it comes to and i got you got to give um props to the mcu because if it wasn't for the mcu i don't think we would have this movie um it, this movie was just off the charts you know, I, I I was I was I almost felt like I, I forgot I was watching an animated movie, and I think that's 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 a kudos to to the animators and and the writing and um all of the people behind the scenes, man, because the movie was fantastic. Um, my quick thoughts about the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know your quick thoughts. I want to start off with uh the beard god Brooks, and what did you think of this movie? I thought this movie was, there's so many ways I can describe this movie, but I thought it was stellar. Um, There were so many callbacks. There were so many Easter eggs. There were so many, like, I mean, it appeals to everyone. Like, from, you know, your casual Spider-Man fan to someone who's been reading the comics for years. I mean, it appeals to everybody. And the storyline was well. The voice acting was on point. The action. I mean, and the score. Can we talk about the score and the soundtrack? Like, not one song that I didn't like. Not one. Like, I'm probably definitely going to get that soundtrack when it comes out. But overall, it was a stellar movie. I've seen it twice. Um, I saw it when it came out Thursday. And I just took my kids to see it earlier today. And they really enjoyed. So, great movie overall. Great movie. And that, that's what I mean, an animated movie to be successful, you have to be able to take your kids to see it and you have to be able to enjoy it as well. And it seems like it accomplished that task. Um, and both of you guys are dads. So, um, uh, Kyle Bunga, Mike, what, what did you think of the movie overall? Um, I went to the movie looking to be entertained, but with zero expectations, mostly because, um, I mean, I, I've seen a couple of trailers. I love the first one. Don't be wrong. I mean, it, I mean, the hype was there. It was just, I, I went into it when I say with zero expectations, meaning, meaning I didn't know what to expect. I had no, you know, I got a gist from the plot that it had something to do with him preventing, or I'm sorry, from the trailer that it was something to do with preventing his father's death, and they were, they were, you know, um stopping it you know preventing him from breaking the canon um but i didn't know that they were referring to it as the canon the way they did it in the film but i thought that was a clever little writing touch but uh right as far as as far as um the direction it went i think i i think we can all agree when we saw that one teaser trailer with the spot robbing the store we all i think were involved in the the ongoing joke of the movie that um, he he wasn't even villain of the week material, and you know because I I kind of shrugged him off. I thought it was just oh this is Miles you know doing his normal day routine. This is just some random you know the direction it went you know after that was something I wasn't expecting, and um uh in like the way they wrote it and the way they they weaved a web of of just 
(laughs) continuity um you know and 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 i just you know i was blown away um it's it's amazing how some of the story arcs in this movie were staring at us straight in the face in the first one and i say that because um by the way is this spoiler free or oh totally spoilers yes okay okay i say that because um when I went back and watched the original, uh, the first one, you notice that Spider 42 is glitching right then and there. It's the giveaway he wasn't that Spider was not from his world. I'm like, oh wow. Um, so I don't know if they fully have planned this thing out or or what. Um, I did, I, you know, again, I didn't know anything about this movie, I didn't do the research until after the fact, but seeing that it had three writers didn't surprise me just because the way the movie's broken down and beats like it had three writers and three directors from what, from what I could see on IMDb. I don't know how they, you know, broke it up, but I mean, the way I looked at it is like, you know, they probably had someone doing the Gwen Stacy bits, the spider verse bits, and then the miles bits. Um, but just the way, the way. Okay. So you, you know how they have those, those uh, star Wars vision show where like they do like these shorts, but it's done by different animation studios. Right, right. That's what our, our you know, I, I think Matrix did something like this too. And, you know, yeah, it's just, it's, Liquid Television used to do that too. Okay. So this is what it felt like. It felt like that, but they all melded their styles together in one melting pot, which we got a little bit of that in the first film. But seeing, I mean, just seeing how Spider Punk, which, by the way, I'll get on Spider Punk in a minute, just seeing how he was done, you know, uh, the animation style, how he was flat, yet three, it's just, you know, you can tell different animation studios covered different elements of this movie. And I thought it was beautifully done. You know, it was, uh, you know, uh, the writing, the animation, the sequences alone. I mean, that, that's the best way to describe them. They were sequences of yeah. that weren't boring. They kept my eye completely, you know, fixated to the screen. And I, I'm, I'm still blown away at what they can achieve, you know, uh, in, in animation and, and movie and storytelling with just the position of how they can make a camera follow the action right. the way i mean like you didn't get that at all in in, in in you know even early 2000 stuff i mean there were still very fixed point cameras when they did animation and now it's i'm blown away you know now 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 th- this is what i want to know going on in the movie and like like I had to, I had to go back and watch it a second time. There's no, uh, there's no way you can catch everything with one viewing. And I wanted to know what uh, I, I, I want to spit out some, some of the things that I noticed. And again, guys, this is 100% spoilers. And you know, so if you haven't watched the movie, you're going to want to, you know, turn away and then come back when you watch the movie. But there's so many things that I noticed. Like um, Gwen's world was all watercolor, right? But the moment she became like a little depressed or down or whatever, it started to drip. And I said, that is so awesome. Uh, Brooks, and what are some of the things that you noticed the second time around that you watch or even the first time, the first time around? Dude, I mean, kind of piggybacking off of what you said, my daughter, she caught that. Like she caught the fact that the, the background scenes and stuff like they kind of went with the person, whoever world it went with their moods. Like, and my daughter's like 10. I was like, that's impressive. Like she, oh yeah, she caught that like on her first viewing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but like little, or when I went back and saw it the second time, um, I noticed 
there was a sketch like in the beginning and you could yeah. see the original miles like the, the miles of earth 42 with the with the braids and right. at first i didn't know who that was you know but of course at, at the end of the movie you see the reveal i'm like oh shoot like there he is right there and it just kind of makes you wonder okay was it supposed to bite him or someone else or whatever but just the way that like I love this movie so much. Like I, I don't, right? right. I, I can't even. I can't even. Like there's just this. This movie gave so much fan service. It was executed so well. Yeah. Um, I I love the casting. Like there's no one that I was like, nah, I don't think that that person would have been good. Everyone knocked out their voice parts. Like everyone. Like I had not one single complaint. Everyone fit. Everyone embodied their character. And the one thing that I um there there's there's so much. There's so much. And you're right. It's like I love movies like these because it was like what the runtime was like what two hours and twenty minutes? It was, yeah. You didn't feel it. You did no. not feel it. Like and it, no, and it but... still had and it still had like a to be continued. So it was like my son was mad because <laughs> okay, so <laughs> he wanted to know what happened. <laughs> so here's the thing: this doesn't get like again. Since I went into this movie with zero expectations, I hadn't done the research like I normally would do on movies like this. I had no idea that this was gonna be a cliffhanger. So when I when I realized that, hey man, we're clocking in pretty uh pretty late yeah, on yeah. this, and, and there's like so many beats left of this story that I know they don't have time to condense in the next ten minutes. So I was like. What's happening here? And then when they did that that reveal at the end that he went to uh, Earth forty two, I guess yeah yeah. Um, that's when I you know and, and the fact that you caught that Emmanuel you know kudos to you and your eagle eye you know this man this man immediately catches the mom's eye color was different, and I'm like yeah wow I'm like like I like kudos to you because because I, I didn't realize what was happening until Uncle Aaron walked in the door. And another thing, going with what you said with the music, everybody knows the Prowler's music. So yeah. when they played, when they played his music, oh, oh yeah, man! I mean, going, yeah. going back and watching the first film and hearing it, you're like, man, they have a way of again. The storytelling isn't doesn't just stop with the writing; it's it's with the music, and again, uh, it's got original music. You know, it's it's original yep, yep. music that definitely plays out for the scene, the characters, and it just, it reminds me of, you know, hearing, hearing theme music for characters, for moments, you know, like, like when you watch like old Star Wars films and, you know, you know, right. theme, you know, Luke's theme, like, you know, the Prowler's theme, you know, Miles' theme, um, uh, you know, I still have sunflowers stuck in my head after all these years, you, I know you heard me in the theater, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like, still, it's just one of those things where, the 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 story is just you know like I said it doesn't stop with just the writing it, it it's it's you know and, and and the thing is it's a good thing your daughter picked up on that because I think that that's what they were trying to achieve and I I think when when I hear stories like that it's like oh wow you know mission accomplished that they were able to convey that kind of emotion and that your daughter picked up on the on the atmosphere that they were you know insinuating it with so I think it's cool. It, it, it is awesome, but you, you know, I want to go back to like what you, you what you're talking about, like something I caught, and um, I, I, and Brooks, and I want to know what you thought because I thought it was so smart the way they did it because 
there were a lot of conversations. There were like, there's like a few conversations or one main conversation between Miles and his mom. You know, they were like back and forth, back and forth. And you would kind of see the similarities in their faces and the color of their eyes. And I was like, why are they doing this? I mean, of course, a lot of the dialogue was really, you know, it was needed. But I thought it was really smart because the moment I, when he was in um, Earth 42, I was like, wait a minute, her eyes are green. I was like, oh, so that's why they did that dialogue between him. So, you, so you'll take notice of that. You know what I mean? I thought that was so smart the way they did that. Also, do also know I also noticed this, like, um, in that scene where uh Miles realizes he's in the wrong universe, Gwen also realizes in the universe that she's in that he's in the wrong universe because her spider sense goes off, which gets me, which leads me to think that they're connected telepathically in a way. I mean, that's just my thoughts, you know. Um so, yeah, I mean, I, I just thought that was really, really, really well done, man. Um, you know, something else I picked up uh, uh, in that scene only after the fact was the, you know, did, did you notice that the TV was that when he was tied up on the uh, in Uncle Aaron's uh, apartment, the TV was playing and it was talking about the Sinister Six? No. Yeah. OK, yeah. so here's so here's my thing. If Peter Parker never got bit by Spider-42, which is from that universe, Peter Parker is in that universe, maybe he might not be Spider-Man. So here's, here's the idea. I don't know, but like, wouldn't it be crazy if Peter Parker was actually one of the Sinister Six members? Like, what if Peter Parker ended up being Goblin or something like that? Because the canon, and here's, that's what gets me. Already, the, the fact that the Spider from 42 bit Miles that should have broke canon in 42 world, but it hasn't. It hasn't caused a meltdown in that world, which already to me proves Miles is always supposed to be Spider-Man. If you think about it, because the moment that spider didn't get to bite Peter Parker, then then that should have that should have broke canon, right? According to Miguel's thoughts or whatever on the matter. Well, I- I, I think uh, somebody had said this, and I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you guys agree with it. I think because when when Miguel and uh, Miles were kind of going at it and fighting, and and, and then Miguel calls <clears throat> Miles an anomaly, the original anomaly. You should have never been Spider Man. Da 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 da. Somebody said something interesting. I forgot it was uh, it was on the podcast. They said that that was kind of representative of a lot of people in the beginning when Miles Morales was created, they were against Spider-Man oh, uh, Miles being Spider-Man in the first place. I think that I represents think, that. I um, that. Which I think was, there was really, really smart there. and well well done. Yeah, I was almost second guessing. I was like, damn, is he supposed to be Spider-Man? I mean, because, you know, from the yeah. first movie you saw the spider glitching, you're like, was that was that meant for him, you know, to be Spider-Man? But now I'm thinking about it. I, I thought it was just so well done, man. Um, but but, but 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 did, did Miguel say whether or not that Peter Parker died or not? Because no, Peter... there there was no mention of the Peter Parker of, of um from forty two. Well, he did say something, but he said the Peter Parker of of, of Earth forty two never got bit. Yeah. So right. Uh, like again, you know, it, if that's the case, and that world should have imploded the way he suggested. So I mean, I feel like Miguel's hiding something in that sense because. Because it doesn't follow what his logic is on why canon breaks and how it causes that 
uh, whatever you could, you know, the, the collapse of the, of the, you know, the node or whatever. But, um, I, I, again, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised because here's the thing. We got a whole nother film and, mm-hmm. and I really feel like that Sinister Six reference is not just casual. I really feel like, oh, well, we know who the villains might be in this, in this next one, you know, we got a whole nother film. I'm not, and I'm not a hundred percent convinced that Kingpin is dead. Or where, you know, I'm not, a, you know what I'm saying? So it's, there's so much going on and I'm excited. I knew it was going to be a part two because from the first trailer, it, it, it was called, originally it was called like a Spider-Man, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse part one. Yeah. And then they changed it to Beyond the Spider-Verse. Kind of, kind of pull like a Kevin Feige, like when he was doing Infinity War and and and, and um, Endgame, because it was supposed to be called Part One, Part Two. But um, I, I'm, I want to know, like this, this is something I was thinking about, and I, I, I want to know what you guys think. I think um, this movie is going to make a lot of money. Oh, yeah. I, I would, I, I think it's possibly going to make a billion dollars. If that is the case, do you think because when you make a movie that that that's this good and people respond to it like that, do you think that MCU, uh, some other some of some of the, some of these other big, uh, you know, uh, even DC st- might start doing animated movies straight to the big screen rather than live action stuff? Because really, I'm like it transcends that be- it's it's better to be animated at times, you know, because you're able to do a lot more. Well, okay, my, my opinion on that, um, for the longest time, Marvel has been better at the, the films and the movies, which they've, they've slacked off in the past phase, but DC has always been superior with the animated movies. Um, maybe not the like straight to, you know, movie, motion picture animated movie, but the straight to DVDs, DC's oh, yeah. animation is on point. Yeah, no, um, it is. It is is so I don't know if they they feel like they need to rise to the challenge to meet like stuff that's on the caliber of like into the spider-verse. Um because they already have such a good catalog of movies and they make high quality movies like straight to DVD, straight to Max, or where they thought about doing something, or you know, other other com- companies other than the big two. But I mean, DC already has, they already make stellar movies that are, that don't necessarily go to the big screen and you can watch them. I mean, like Flashpoint. Flashpoint is such a great example because there was, even though it wasn't nearly as long and it didn't tell like the complete story, it did such a good job of like, just letting you know the most key parts of that story and the importance of it. And it was just, it was so well done. And it's like, I don't know if like, I don't even know if the Flash movie is going to be better than Flashpoint, because right now the animated version was so good that that's the standard. That's like right. what I'm what, what people are going to compare the Flash movie to, because they're both attempting to do like the Flashpoint paradox, you know, storyline. So it's, it's kind of hard to tell if, you know, and besides, this is a Sony property. And Sony is really, they're really turning up with their possession right now. Because no kidding. Considering their past. Yeah, with this, with with this whole series of Spider-Man Miles Morales, 
and the two Spider-Man PS games that came out. Uh, I mean, those two were instant classics. I don't know if you've ever played them, um, Emmanuel, but they're really good. Um, I haven't. They, they, they really are. Um, yeah, I agree. They're probably some of the best, like, PlayStation games. My son played both of them twice. He went through both of them twice. He loved that wow. game so much. Man, I'm going through Miles Morales on PS5 right now, and I'm loving it. It's like, oh, it's- the app. The atmosphere, because it's around Christmas time too. So, like, web swinging through the city with the snow and the Christmas ambiance. It's, yeah. it's cool. Dude, the um, only thing that people like are have gripes with, you know, the, the second one is that it's too short. Like, they want more content. They want more, like, more of an arc because they feel like it wasn't as, you know, it didn't give as long as an arc as the second one. But as far as the mechanics, as far as the gameplay and all that good stuff, it's, it's, it's on point. Like, yeah. it's, I can't, you can't really ask for much more from a Spider-Man game. You know, considering Sony though, like they've had a couple of misfires too. Cause like what you said, like, you know, they're, they're running with the ball now cause they got, you know, Miles Morales is almost like a guaranteed cash cow, you know, just because of the success of the first one and they got that Oscar under their belt. But when you think about Morbius and, (laughs) and I got, I know there's another one. I know there's another one. I mean, Did y'all catch the Morbius joke in the movie. I know I told Shang about it, but did yeah, you catch I did it? Not, I did not. What what was it? I'm, I'm so when Gwen, when Gwen and Miles are swinging through the city, and she's talking about Miguel, she's like, "Yeah, Miguel's like this cool ninja vampire." And Miles says, uh, "A good," and, but but she says he's like a ninja vampire, but he's a good guy. And then Miles says, "A vampire that's a good guy. I'll pay to see that." <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. See? Okay. Yeah. That was Morbius. You know what? That movie is so not on my radar, dude. Like, that is the it's, only, like, Marvel property I did not watch. It's on I Netflix did. if you want to see it. I mean, I it's it's Sony, Sonyan. Nope. <laughs> I don't. I really don't. It's, it's bad. Like, it's bad. God is bad. That, that's um, what I heard. The Donald Glover cameo was... That was pretty big. There's a lot going on in just that one cameo. Oh, yeah. They pretty much confirmed that we might see him again in the MCU or another Spider-Man film with uh, Tom Holland. Because yeah. here's, here's my thing. How did live action version of him get in that Spider-Verse in the first place if it wasn't the Doctor Strange mishap? Because he would have technically known who Spider-Man is. and He probably would have fallen into... You know what I mean? I, I'm not sure. But... Um, I just, I just thought that was, I, I, I thought it was cool because a lot of the reason why, you know, um, Miles Morales exists is because Donald Glover had this huge campaign back in 2010, where he was trying to be Spider-Man and Brian Michael Bendis created, you know, you know, that never happened. Brian Michael Bendis created Miles Morales hugely because, you know, he wanted to see Donald Glover as Spider-Man and then Donald Glover also, you know, ended up doing like uh, the voice of Miles Morales on like, uh, I think it was, um, was it Spectacular Spider-Man or one of those shows? But th- there's a lot going on in that cameo. He has a huge history with the whole Mal- with Miles Morales. I thought that was a cool cameo. Yeah, yeah. and it, I actually kind of, and, you know, like you were saying before, like it just kind of confirms that like all this stuff is connected. And I'm glad that that Marvel and Sony are working together. And it's like, you saw the live action clips of like Uncle Ben, you saw Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man. Right. 
you're seeing like all this stuff, like just, and everything is interwoven. And it's like, it makes it feel more authentic. It makes it feel more complete. Like this is a genuine, like big whole Spider-Man story that's being told that's extremely high stakes because of the different realms of, you know, Spider-Man mythos that it's, that's reaching. And I just think it really added sort of a gravitas to the film, having these cameos and all these live action footage of, you know, different Spider-Verses and all that good stuff. It just really made the movie that much more immersive to me. And the tree. Did you notice the tree looks like the branches that breaks that that's breaking off in the MCU? Did you notice that? Yes. It was, yes. Yeah. I picked up on that, too. It looked like the uh, the sacred timeline tree splitting. Yeah. I thought that was really, really cool. Amazing um, how everybody's got their own take on a multiverse right now. Multiverses are trending. <laughs> look, look, I look just just to say, like, and we we talked about this Shane too, like, um, the new Transformers movie that's going to be coming out. You said it that, that there's rumors that it might be a reboot. I think that movie's going to surprise a lot of people because think about it, they they. Hasbro or, or I think it's Paramount that owns Transformers too, right? Yeah. Um, they need something, you know what I'm saying? And so now the benefit about the the, the cool thing about this movie that is uh about, about um Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse is like now these studios understand, like, look, you can make these complex storylines and you know, multiverses and do all of this stuff, and it's not gonna confuse the general audience because they love that stuff. You know, I've said this before in other podcasts, you know what I mean? In other episodes where it's like, it's it's a totally different audience now. The audience, that's ge- the general audience understands these, these concepts. So they can really take that Transformer movie and, re- and do it the right way. I think the last good Transformer movie to come out was the, the third one. Um, Bumblebee was okay. Um, but um, I think they could really do a really good Transformer movie. I think that's what, what we're going to get. You know what I mean? Well, I think that um, I think that franchise has a very good shot of being revived, um, depending on what happens. I mean, freaking Unicron is coming to Earth, so it's incredibly right. obvious. You know what I'm saying? Like it's extremely high stakes, um, and it looks to be what would be the probably the last Transformers movie um, in that storyline. So if something did happen to where something did break off or something fractured or whatever, and we got like a reboot, this movie would probably be the perfect thing to, to set it off. Because, I mean, with Unicron coming, like it's pretty much, they're going to have to pull something out of, the, out of their hat to like stave this off, you know? Um, and, it's, and it takes place in the 90s, by the way. And I'm really, I'm really curious to see like how they pull this off. I, I'm definitely going to watch it. You know, might as well. You know, I ain't got nothing else going on now. Um, uh, b- uh, before we leave off, um, I, I want to ask you guys, um, your your theories on um across the Spider Verse, real quick. Well, what are your thoughts? What do you think is going to happen? What 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 are some of the thoughts that uh, that are um looming in your head about this movie? My theory. Well, I knew it was going to be like a three part, you know, movie, um, or three part series, and there's also there was also speculation about there being like a spinoff with the girls, with basically the female, with Gwen, um, um, Jessica, um, like just the females. 
Right. I didn't I didn't hear too much more about that, but I heard that that project is in the works. But I mean, with the success that this movie is probably going to get, um, it's probably as good as go. You know, um, I like I love how they build up from the next from the last movie to this one. It's a, it's even more high stakes. It's even more grandiose. It's even more like. And so the next one. You have you enter this new opponent, which is, you know, Miles Morales, the Prowler, who appears to be so different from like his dad died. So it, there's no telling how that could have affected him, you know, turn right, right. like his uncle's just trying to help him out or whatever. But I don't it's, it is yet to be revealed whether the Prowler is a hero in this world or he's a villain. Like, we don't know that yet. We know right. that he's not the same Miles. We know that, okay, this dude's different. Like, he's he's cut from a different cloth. But we don't know what kind of role he's going to play in Earth 42. And as of right now, Miles doesn't have a way to get home. Because, I mean, if, while he was chained up, like, his, whatchamacallit, his little watch thingy was on the fritz. Like, you saw it, like, glitching and all that good stuff. Oh, no, so, he never had it. Oh, he never. What was that glitch in there? He was glitching because he was in the wrong universe. Oh, uh, I'm talking about his wrist. I don't know. It might have been him, like uh, messing with his powers. No, okay. Uh, uh, he he was okay. He had that metal chain. That's the thing. He was about whenever dude was getting close to him, he's about to electrocute that chain and okay. cause it to zap out. That's the that's the cliffhanger, as you know that's about to happen because you can see him building the spark on his fingertip. Uh, and, and you know he's about to he he he's got that smirk on his face, like at the end, he's like, Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm about to get out. So yeah, he had a hole in his glove. That's what it was. Yeah. He had a little hole yeah. in his glove. Oh, that's was, right. That's yep. what it was. Yeah, bro. You know that this movie's gonna hit the ground running because it's already gonna start with. Gwen's crew basically looking for him. And right off the bat, you can see it's going to be Gwen's crew versus Miguel and, and his and his crew, you know. So I don't this I'm I'm my like I said, I kind of echo my son's sentiments, but I had to remind him, I like son, these these movies take a while to get made. Like you, you just you just gotta wait like everybody else. I was like, it was already they crammed two and a half hours of story. Already. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, he was upset. He was like, "I want to know what happens at the end." I was like, "Well, we're, we're gonna have to wait, son." And yeah, I love. Don't have to wait too long. Like I think it comes out in May. But in I, May, I, I, May or March. Well, either way, that's not that's not far away for a sequel. No, that's, considering that's, that's, that's animation, pretty good. that's pretty good. So, well, yeah, the I'm, production I'm really... actually already wrapped. Oh. Real. Yeah, so you ain't got to worry about it. Is all is no no writer strike interfering with that? The the, the production's already wrapped. At this um, point, I'm just at this point, I'm just hoping I live long enough to see it. That's what you're saying. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. Like Ooh. at this point, it's just fate. I'm like, well, if I see it or not, it's just I live. Dude, it's <laughs> a good time to be a nerd, man. It's, right? it's a wonderful time to be a nerd. I never Bro. thought that, like you know, at 42 years of age, I'd go to a movie theater. And see characters that I was reading about when I was a child on the silver screen. Oh, like yeah. it's, it's it's mind blowing, man. It's like a dream come true. And Guardians Three was dope too. Shoot. 
I really enjoyed that. You know what? I really enjoyed that was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Um, sans the Adam Warlock, but other <laughs> than that, um, just the kind of storyline and like everything that they crafted, like everybody's been through a little bit of something, you know, like everybody's oh, yeah. got a little trauma, everybody's got a little damage. And just at the end, like, and it played with your emotions so much. And it was such a good choice to center everything around Rocket because oh, yeah, he, has yeah. a very, he has a very compelling story. He's what he's like one of the favorites on the team. And it just when everybody dancing at the end, it was like it was almost like they were kind of releasing trauma. You know what I'm saying? Like they were processing and they were working through and just kind of coming to grips with where they are in life at that point in time. And I think yeah. a lot of people can relate to that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And Especially what we've been through as you know, with the whole corona thing. Yeah, you know what I mean? As and we're I still just, going through it. it but, but it was really, it was really refreshing to see them add that much depth to a movie that's typically known to be goofy. Yeah. That's typically known for like its comic relief, that's typically known um, for its one-liners and its humor to have this kind of heavier, more real storyline. So I, I was oh, really yeah. impressed with that. I love well, it. You know, the funny way I look at it is, you know, uh, you know, in the first movie, he made the audience care about a tree. Because, you know, when Groot sacrifices himself, I think everybody was touched by that whole moment at the very end. And then, you know, Yondu in the second one, you know. Oh, man, that made me cry, man. <laughs> no, any, anybody who has father issues or something like that, that that, that one in particular, I was like, oh, yeah. I felt hitting, that, man. Oh, yeah, they're hitting definitely hitting those notes. But in the third one, yeah, they, again, they made audiences care about a raccoon in ways we never thought we would 20 years ago in cinema. You know, I mean, really care about the outcome of this, whether or not this raccoon lives or not. And, man, you know, all his friends, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things. Like, you know, I, I have a friend that said he, he he loved it. It was great. He'll never watch it again. I'm like, why? He's like, man, the animal stuff's too rough. And yeah, he's like, it's just it's just too rough. <laughs> uh, I get it, I get it, but it's just like you know, I yeah, I yeah. But yeah, your, Guardians Guardians Three was good. What are your theories about um across the Spider Verse, Shane? Um. Okay. So. My theories, uh, you know, honestly, you made me remember the whole thing with the hole in the glove and the 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 him touching the chain. Like that was coming back to me. So, so here's the thing. Uh, you know, clearly, clearly, whatever's happening in World Forty Two, I feel is like a direct result of the spider not being present to bite Peter Parker, instead going to Miles's universe or world. So. That being said, um, you know, I never gave much thought to whether or not the Prowler is like an anti-hero or if he or if I, I'm looking at that because in in the credits, he's known as Miles B. Morales. So that's how, you know, he's the, you know, uh, the, the, the different one. So, you yeah. know, Miles B. Morales, he seems seems really hostile. But I mean, that could be just, you know, if you think about what, well, you know, he asked him, is he, you know, is, is he dead yet? You know, talking about his dad. You know, and clearly that Miles lost his father. So does it make him more of a Batman character where he's, you know, more of a brooding vigilante or has it made him bitter? Because the other thing I was picking up is Uncle Aaron seems broken. 
Does he not? Did yeah. Uncle Aaron not? He seemed he broken. Like he's not the same. He's yeah, not the same. Like, like he, he, I, I got the impression he answers to Miles. You know, I mean, uh. I mean, Miles calls the shots. It seems like, and you know, Uncle Aaron just goes with it. But if you were Uncle Aaron and you know you had to look out for your son, your 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 brother's son, you know, maybe Uncle Aaron doesn't like what Miles has become. So. But that's the thing. I- I'm curious to see what arc Uncle Aaron will play in the third film that might give him a sense of redemption for our Miles that he needed in sense of, you know, maybe his Uncle Aaron does have a, a you know redeeming quality about him. Um, now, that being said, also, again, you know, you have Team Gwen and Team Miguel, but, you know, I just feel like they're going to be in – uh, Earth 42 for quite some time. I feel like a good bit of that film might be taking place there because, um, but but I could be wrong because the whole thing is he's got to get back to his Earth, which is where Spot's at. Um, right. I'm not I'm not sure how how he's gonna take out Captain. I will say this. I feel like they seem they seem to be going through a lot of trouble and a lot of miles being very confident that no one's telling him how his story goes for us to go ahead and accept the fact that he's that his father's going to die. So at this point, I know his father's going to live. I want to believe his father's going to live. I just have to see how he's going to pull it off. Because when Gwen says, my gut tells me, and, 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 and Miguel told like, her. Do what your head tells you. <laughs> oh, yeah. That right. right there was what I needed to hear. I'm like, no. The fact that Miles is the anomaly makes me believe that he is the only one who might be able to do something, you know, that so possibly that, like break the chain, you know? Yes, exactly. So I don't know, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm curious how how this is going to pay off. And, 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 and the thing is, I, I, I actually feel bad for Spot. The Spot, you know, I don't feel bad, but it's just one of those things like, Man, if that happened to me, and I had, you, you saw how he was struggling in that, in, you know, <laughs> talking about how his wife left him and he just needed to get some honey out of the ATM. Yeah, yeah. that's like, his, like he, that's his skin now, man. Like that's that's, that's oh traumatic yeah, over itself. I mean, seriously, like I like I, all I could think of was, you know, what would I do? You know, like that, that's a that's a horrible you know way to live out your life. I mean, and the way he really blamed Miles, and Miles didn't want to take any accountability for it. Of course, he was in the dark about a lot of it. You know, it's all it's all, you know, a matter of perspective and stuff. But it's just, I'm really curious how this is all going to play out. And, um, you know, I, like I, I, I want to believe that we're going to get some Sinister Six action because here's the thing: Sony is dying, dying to create a Sinister Six. They've been uh, dying to make a Sinister Six movie. Oh my god! So it, exactly. So they've been trying. They've been trying. They've been trying. They, they they try to do it with Morbius. They try to do it with Vulture and and, and Tom Holland. It's just they 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 want to bring that to fruition so bad. So if we don't get some Sinister Six action, yeah, then yeah, I will be surprised because this is their one opportunity to be like, all right, squeeze it in there. And the thing is, I'm I'm excited because you know they, they like I like. I, I just remembered how cool Vulture was from oh that oh, that, that, that Vulture Le- that Le- the Leonardo da Vinci looking Vulture a man that was uh, like my, one of my favorite parts of the whole movie man man like, yeah oh my gosh he looks so cool man oh gosh this is, oh. you know I'm I'm yeah 
But um, I want to say something real quick when you talk about the spot. The part where like mouths and 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 the spots, minds kind of meld or whatever. And yeah. Like, what, what is this? He says, it's your future. Dude, that was <laughs> that and Jason Schwartzman, you know, did the voice of that, um, of the spot. Yeah. You know, yeah. And and I found it really cool that um um Uncle Aaron bears a striking re- re- he bears a striking resemblance to Rakim. I don't know if they did that on purpose, but doesn't he? Doesn't he like rock yeah. him? Now that yes. you mention that, yeah, yes, he does. Absolutely, he looks a lot like rock him. And then, like when they put that song, on, I'm like, I did not catch that. I I caught the song. I was like, shoot, they got a rock him song up there. Like that's that heck yeah, man. Right. Yes, he he does look a lot like rock him, especially like the Earth Forty Two version with with the gray in his beard. Yeah. Like, mm. yeah, I, I did not catch that. And and they play, um, he's playing Ain't No Love yeah. in the heart on the vinyl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that whole scene was so cold. I really thought he put a hole through Miles' head. Like when he Man. punched the punching bag. That, right? was, that was good. That was, that was good because you're like, oh, shoot. Like, I mean, yeah. it just got real all of a sudden, you know? Like, it was already real enough that he was, like, tied up in chains. But well, then, like, when he punched with the glove, it's like, Uncle Aaron was like, all right, shut up. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, well, you know like, what he better. said? He he said, I'm not the prowler. But the thing is, it almost sounded like he was bitter about it. Like, you know, like because mm. he, he had the glove on and then he had to take it off and give it back, you know. But it's just the way the way he said it, like, almost seemed like he resented the fact that he wasn't the prowler. Like, like, you know, I, I'm curious to see. Here's what I'll say. You know how it, like like it, it threw me for a loop that it opened up with Gwen instead of Miles in the beginning. Wouldn't it be something if it opened up with Miles B. Morales and we we see how he became the Prowler as the that opening? Be cool. Like I mean, I think that's what's what what everyone is like wanting to see now. Like because that's the big question. Like how did it get this way? Because we know the Miles Morales of Earth like thirteen whatever, but. This Miles, like, is totally different. And everybody's want. how did he turn out this way? And I um, think that's going to really tie into the whole anomaly. I think there's, there's a bigger story to this anomaly. but And I think that um, Spider-Man 2099, he's just, he's, he's crafting his own narrative of it. Like, he, I think he knows more than he's telling. Yep. And I think, there's oh, yeah. something, I think there's something to that world, not just Miles himself being the anomaly that we have yet to discover. I want to know if like, since Gwen's dad is no longer an officer, would that affect the canon? That's what I was thinking too. That might cause a canon event because he never becomes captain and he never gets killed on the job. So that might cause a canon event like in and of itself. Yeah, because he said he quit three feet from the door in that moment. Right. Right. He's like, he's like, I quit three feet, you know, from the door, you know, just, you know, just now. So I was like, oh, so like right then and there that. And so so here's the thing. Whenever he said that, that's when I also noticed the watercolor bleeding behind her. I really? thought, honestly, honestly, I thought she was breaking canon in her own world by doing that. But then I realized it was them trying to convey emotion. Because that's when he asked her for a hug, and she right. she pulled yeah, herself yeah, yeah, yeah. close, and, uh, and and they had their moment and stuff. But uh, but yeah, it, it kind of threw me off because when I realized, oh wait, if he's not Captain Stacy, he doesn't die. But the thing is, like that, 
you know, either Uncle Ben or Captain Stacy dies. But like, that hasn't that for Gwen? Isn't it Peter dying for her? Isn't that her tragedy? Or he doesn't count? You know, when Peter, because I love the idea that Peter was the lizard. I, yeah. I love that he was the yeah. lizard. But but I thought that was her tragedy because the thing is, she talked about that in the first film. You right, know, right, I thought right. I thought that was the Uncle Ben equivalent of something tragic happening there. So I mean, if if, if that means that you know, you know, because because I was they, confused they, on that too. I was a bit confused because if you think about it, she's an anomaly too. Then if you think about it, you know, because she's the only one that doesn't have a Uncle Ben or a Stacy die. It's it's the Peter Parker that dies. You know what I mean? Well, I think that this is where the movie, the next movie, is really going to answer a lot of questions because. It takes into account, okay, is it possible to still preserve a universe if one canon event is missed? Or, but as long as you have like several others, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause you saw like the different canon events they had, like you saw like Mary Jane, you saw Venom, you saw like, you know, certain key things that were like multiple events throughout the lives of a spider person. And it's like, okay, evidently the one where you know, the Uncle Ben or the, the significant person, you know, the Peter Parker in Gwen's case, if if you lose that, then that is the 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 spe- the, the the scale of things that could cause things to unravel. But the impression that I got is that there are multiple canon events, but some aren't as severe as others. And okay. that's just a theory that I have. I, I had I don't have any I don't have a really solid basis for that, but that's what I'm I'm leaning toward right now. And that's there are just a whole lot of questions that we're gonna have to wait for the next movie to come out to be answered. You know, did, did I, you I, did, okay. did you guys notice um uh punk uh spider punk he was stealing stuff when he was like you know yeah you know, but he was yeah, building that bracelet the second time around yes. I was like this dude is up to something man like dude. I love that I absolutely do like his involvement and like how he was just on the low like just I mean it seems like he was just being obnoxious or he was just like whatever. But everything he did, like, had a purpose. Like, yep, everything right. he did. I mean, even from the beginning, he was like, use your palms, dude. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. From yeah. the beginning, he was helping. When he was, yeah, when he was like this, and then he's like, I quit. Yeah, oh, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you're, you're just, uh, like, I'm surprised we haven't mentioned uh, Spider-Man India. Oh. Was like, cool? honestly, he was cool. Like his sequences were great too. I love like again, that was a whole different animation style. It was like you could you could see the pencil stroke marks in, in, in some of the, the characters and stuff. But like I love that they got the actor from Deadpool to play the voice of that of that yeah. he yeah. was in Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he's the driver. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't ask me to say his name, but yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> but yeah, no, no, it, it's it's like I, I really and the thing is, I, I think it was uh he I, I think him showing up at the end uh, in Gwen Stacy's team kind of kind of helps support your theory that certain canon events might not be necessarily as bad because obviously he he lived. Yeah, I mean he was able to show up at the end and, and join you know you know Team Gwen. So, uh, oh man, and seeing Spider Noir and seeing you know yeah, all of those hey, guys, but I was like, yes, that's like my favorite character for the first film, Spider Noir. I have to admit. I was not expecting Spider-Man T-Rex, but man, I'm glad I did. I didn't know that's something my eyes needed to see. <laughs> Dude, I didn't know. I was like, right. I, he, and he pulled out the little, little raptor. 
or the little dino arm. Dude, great. dude, did you notice? Um, this is something really small, but do you notice like the part where um before you know when 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 um Peter B. Parker and Miles were like talking and then like uh the other Spider-Man were coming after Miles and Miles pulled up that floor and he went through those those gears of the clock. That's kind yeah. of a throwback to Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Okay. Yeah. Like, remember when um he was rescuing Gwen and the and the gears were falling? You're absolutely yeah. right. You are absolutely right. I did not catch that. You know, his thing, when he was on the run and he clearly, when he was beating the floor and all that, he clearly had an objective that only he was in on. I'm like, you know, he knows what he's doing. And I know he knows what he's doing, but I don't know what he's doing. But he was moving with such purpose through those gears and stuff. And then I realized, oh, he's luring him all the way. And, you know, he had his moment, you know, and then he oh, goes yeah, back. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, like, it says a lot about his thing. It says a lot about Miles that he was able to best all those Spider-Men on their turf or their headquarter turf get out. I mean, he didn't, you know, he didn't reach his destination, but he definitely got out. You know, it, it says a lot about Miles. You know, it, it really, really does. Because that that was a lot of spider people, and probably more than half of them were like way more experienced than he was. And he was oh, yeah. like outmaneuvering people. He was like sliding in between webs, and like it was a very impressive scene, honestly. And they had Spider Man like, and a friend Spider Man in there. <laughs> Did you notice that? That was some comic relief for me, boy. I enjoyed that. <laughs> I was like, "What's he gonna do?" He's like, "Oh." <laughs> Yep, exactly what I thought. Exactly what I thought. But, I, I, man, this movie was just so, it was so satisfying on so many levels. Um, because here we are talking about it and all excited about what's going to happen next. We all sat yeah. through a two and a half hour movie, uh, you know, more than once. And I, I know it's not going to be my last time. I'm going to see it again, definitely. And yeah. the, it's just, it was so well done. It was so well done. And I cannot I cannot say enough about this movie. It's been a long time since I've been this excited about like a franchise and about like yeah. storyline. And I appreciate that. I appreciate the life that they kind of breathed back into the franchise. And I mean, shoot, it's like you're excited to go to the movies. Like, because I mean, this one was, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I believe that this one was better than the last. Yeah, and not saying yeah. like the last one was bad or anything. The last one was stellar, but this one was just even better. It, it just had more, yeah, cranked it, it just, up a notch. Yeah, exactly. And 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 no no shade whatsoever, but it's just impressive because how typical is it that we have a sequel that's that is definitively better than the first? Uh, you know, I even yeah. like that they had the little antidotes in there to give you reference points to think things you might yeah, not necessarily was, know about. That was good. I like you that. Because you know what I think that is? That's subliminally, that's subtly trying to convert moviegoers who maybe not have read a comic and possibly pull them in a little bit. It's like, hey, you know, welcome to our world. This is what it's like. This is the format. And this is what you get sometimes in these reference, you know, little bullet points and little asterisk, you know, little boxes so you at least have something to reference if you need to like understand about something i thought that was really neat because the whole time i'm i'm seeing them i'm making mental notes so i can go home and google them you know it, and, and and it's smart too because you have to now when it comes to dvd or blu-ray you have to buy it so you can pause and read what oh they, yeah you know, they, some, some of the stuff. they went up quick i'll admit that they went up real quick, quick. Uh, I mean, hey, you know 
Another you one of my favorite parts. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> that was, you know what? We didn't beep, talk beep, about beep. that at all, but just the fact that they included like Lego Spider-Man. Yes. Like, you have like, you had so many different versions. I, I really like the fact that even though he was kind of emo, he's a little more emo like for my liking, but the Scarlet Spider, like <laughs> they had oh, him man. he was like one of like his main henchmen and he's definitely going to be in the next one. So it's, I just love how they carved the ones who had speaking parts, how they carved out and it was so definitive and it was so different from the rest. Like, yeah, they were a Spider-Man, but this one's from this universe and this one has this niche and this one has this that's special about them. You know, the the um, the web slinger with his horse, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a cool addition. Like, I, yeah. I haven't seen him in comics, Peter maybe Parker. Twice, but you know what I'm saying? Like, but it was really cool to see him. And the fact that he is, why does the horse have a mask? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's awesome, like, there was so much. It's like it, there was emotion, there was action, there was humor. I mean, it just checked like all the boxes, it really did. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, um, you know, guys, uh, real quick before you guys go, can you tell us, tell us how to reach you um, if people want to reach you? Um, if everybody wants to get a hold of me, contact <laughs> Mr. E-Man. There you and go. I will, I will get back to you directly. Right on. And um, Shane? Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, I'm on Instagram as Shane Dempsey. Um or Mr. T time, it might come up as that too, but that's how you can get a hold of me. Uh, yeah, sounds good, man. Well, thanks guys for the incredible conversation, man. And um, uh, thanks guys. And um, thanks. Oh, I want to say real quick, thank you guys for all of the prayers because I've been going through some health stuff. And yeah, I want to thank everybody for the prayers and 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 the thoughts. And I really appreciate it, guys. Um, God is good. That's all I got to say. So um, talk to you guys soon. Peace. All right, man. You take care. Take care, Shane. Hey, man, take care.